Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, everyone. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, and we are broadcasting live from lovely, oh, it's very, very hot, Austin, Texas. Julie, my love, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you so much. It's going to be a fun show with our continuation of pricing scripts. That's right. So today, guys, we're really drilling down and we're giving you price reduction scripts. So we can keep track of what you guys like and don't like. We go and listen and look at the, st- or rather look at the uh, analytics from the radio shows. We can go back and kind of get an idea of what gets the most listens, what gets the most replays, and all the rest of it. And I have to say, the interest, it doesn't surprise me, but the interest in the price reduction scripts is really, really high. And again, it doesn't surprise me because I know you guys are beginning to look down the barrel and maybe some of you for the first times in your entire real estate careers, you're starting to realize that the markets are starting to shift. And in that, you know, it's interesting. Julie and I, we are going, we walk all the time. <laughs> you know, we do. That's what we do. So we walk at the very beginning of the day and sometimes we'll go at the walk at the end of the day. And that's how we, you know, we talk about the business. We talk about just everything. Um, We've done that for the past, this year, we've been married 25 years. We've been, we're just long, you know, that's basically what we do. Why am I telling you that? Because when Julie and I were on a walk last night, she and I were talking about all of you. We were talking about our listeners, we were talking about our coaching clients, we were talking about our coaches, we were just putting everything in perspective. And uh, we had the little epiphany that we were remembering back when we first got our real estate licenses. Oh, yes, new listeners, that's right. You're actually listening to somebody who sold real estate between 100 and 200 homes per year for almost 10 years. So we know what we're talking about. But in any event, so uh, we are thinking back to when we first got our licenses, when we were in our early 20s, you know, more or less right out of college. And we were thinking, well, you know, had we had the opportunity to have the training and the education that you guys get just on this radio show, let alone becoming a coaching client, you know, how much further we would have progressed, how much, you know, easier things would have uh, been for us, how many fewer mistakes we would have had. And then we thought, well, it must be a lot easier to be successful nowadays because you have all this information. And then we both realized the exact opposite is actually true. Yes, it would have been great to have our coaching program, but nowadays you guys have so much crap that you have to wade through. Back when we got into real estate, literally, we were REMAX agents. So we sat in the, you know, the conference room of our REMAX office and, you know, well, what the heck do we do now? We had no clue what to do. And so our broker gave us this REMAX preferred, preferred uh, provider catalog. It's this catalog with a bunch of stuff in huge. it. Huge. Postcards. Yeah, huge. All this, you know, it's like a phone book. phone book. Yeah, well, Julie, remember. Right, they don't know they what that no yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying. A big <laughs> iPhone? No, yeah, exactly. not a big iPhone. <laughs> right. So that's what it was. It was this big catalog of, you know, chashki garbage, Frisbees, all this other crap. And we are like, "How? this doesn't even make any remote sense. And then from that, basically, we, were, we had the, you know, it took us a little while, but we sold over 100 houses our first year. So, we've, you know, we figured a few things out, didn't we? But why am I telling you this again, guys, reeling myself back in? It's simply for the fact that you do have too much information out there. There is too much to wade through. It is confusing. And I think, honestly, especially for the, you know, we have over 100,000 listeners. I know at least half of you guys are in this business three years or less. If you're struggling and you're like, why am I not 
going in the direction that I thought I'd be going when I got into this business. You know, there's you're just on the wrong path. Maybe not completely, but partially. And so there's, and, and then what we did in our conversations, we came to this. You know, this is, I'm kind of replaying this whole conversation. There's an old saying that when the going gets tough, the smart leave. I know that flies in the face of most, you know, wisdom that when the going gets tough, the smart get going. But when the going gets tough, the smart leaves. So if you find yourself, this is what it means, when you find yourself on a path that's not working, you know, it's getting more perilous. You know, you're walking down this path and all of a sudden the path becomes really rocky and you're, you know, having to walk around all kinds of obstacles that are life-threatening. Do you just keep on following that path just because when the going gets tough, the smart get going? Or do you say, this sucks, I'm turning around and going the other way? I mean, doesn't common sense tell you that you turn around and go the other way, or you just, you know, maybe hop a couple paths over and choose a different path? Well, what we do as humans, and this is fascinating to me as a coach, now that we've coached for all these, you know, decades, is we stay on the wrong paths, not just for days, but for years, for our entire lives. Some of us will choose to stay on these wrong paths, because what happens is our egos don't want to admit that we are wrong. Our egos don't want to admit that we're following the wrong path. Our egos want to believe social networking is the Shangri-La that will solve all my problems. Or our egos want to believe that, oh, you know, I can just basically be a center of influence, buy referral-only type agent until the cows come home, and that will basically get me there. After all, you know, that's what I was told, even though it hasn't worked for me. And then you guys start blaming yourselves. And then what happens is typically most agents fail out of the business within like, you know, 36 months or less. And then they fail out thinking it was their fault. They don't realize what they've done early on is follow the wrong path. And that's what we're hoping this radio show does for you guys is keep you on the right path. We're doing our best to give you the most genuine, authentic, truthful information about what's really happening. We very rarely are going to try to, you know, rah, 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 you guys. That stuff makes my skin crawl. The traditional sales training garbage that's out there, that's still out there, you know what? It doesn't do anything. It just basically gets you guys going on the wrong path in most cases. What we're going to do is we're going to give you practical and most importantly tactical, meaning you can put it in action today, information. And then what we know, and this is common sense, all of you guys will know this. When I say this, what I'm about to say, it's going to ring true with you. And please don't, remember, please don't forget, rather, that does ring true. If you're looking for long-term, ever-increasing motivation, long-term, ever-increasing success, it comes from knowledge. It comes from knowing you know how to solve somebody else's problem. If you are worried about your mindset, get your skill set together first. And when you have a great skill set, your mindset's going to follow. If you try to focus too much time on your mindset, again, that's the prominent theme of most, you know, quote-unquote trainers out there, focus on your mindset. If you do that before you really polish up your skill set, you're going to be on that wrong path forever. So I encourage all of you guys to do is if you're, you know, at this point in the year, if you're looking around and you're not on the path, you're not, you know, essentially making the money and helping the people that you thought you would, or maybe you didn't even start the year with having a plan, that, you know, there's a good place to start creating an actual plan. This is your time today, this very moment, to do something about it. So we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday and the day before, and we're going to talk about price reduction scripts. We're going to talk about things that you probably don't necessarily need immediately, but I promise you, you're going to need over the next 90 days, 120 days, probably over the next few years, you're going to need to become a very, very good pricer. While you're thinking about it, well, basically what I was talking about a second ago, you guys need to get a business plan together. We give you a free fill-in-the-blank business plan called the Real Estate Treasure Map. 
just scroll to the bottom if you're on your mobile device. Scroll to the bottom and fill out your name, your email address, and your phone number. And then what we're going to do is we're going to give you those six free books, or you can just go to joinharris.com, joinharris.com. The other thing all of you guys need to seriously consider is joining our uh, coaching program. And it's only $99 a month when you use the student approval program, no payment for the first 30 days. It's a real live coaching program. You get a weekly semi-private coaching call with Coach Julie. Yes, the Julie on this call. And then you also get a private, private coaching call at, around your schedule with one of our coaches. That's the way it works. And this is the backbone of what our coaching program has been for years. This is what you guys get as part of this program for only $99 a month when you use the student approval program. Please be honest with yourself. If you're not on track, if you're not accomplishing your goals, assuming you have goals, it's probably, honestly, guys, it might be you, but it's probably because you're on the wrong path. Do something about it. Don't just, you know, buckle down and say, when the going gets tough, the smart get going. Realize that maybe the mind, you know, the mindset will follow the actions. Learn the actions, but realize sometimes the actions that you guys are being told to learn just don't work. It happens all the time. So, you know, hopefully a lot of this rings true. By the way, you can listen to our past radio shows, our real estate coaching radio, uh, realestatecoachingradio.com. Over to you, Julie. Okay, and speaking of someone who has not just listened to the podcast but indeed taken action, I have a quick shout-out to Christopher Parker in Salt Lake City, Utah. And Christopher writes, Hey, Julie, I wanted to thank you guys again for all you do. I've been listening to you guys since January and joined Real Estate Coaching Essentials back in April. I dove right into Real Estate Coaching Essentials and was able to get going with my coaching from my Essentials coach. Since then, I had my first closing in June and made around $1,000 in BPO money. I have also set one seller and three buyer appointments just this week. Your podcast and Real Estate Coaching Essentials has made this in these industry waters easier to navigate through. Please keep providing content, and when the time comes that I become a superstar agent, I would love to meet you guys in person. Well, thank you so much for that, Christopher, and you are a great testament to someone who has taken action. Nice job on all of those appointments, and also nice job getting going with some BPO money. Our saying here, all amongst all of the coaches, is your job is to earn while you learn. Anyone who's told you guys that it's going to be six months before you can expect a, a check in real estate or that it's normal to go from feast and famine and that's just the realtor's lifestyle, that's not true. Your job is to earn while you learn, and BPOs are a great supplemental income. So nice job running with that. And, again, a special congratulations to all those great appointments. If anyone has any referrals going to Salt Lake City, Utah, Christopher Parker is your guy. So uh, back to you, Tim, and let's get going on our continuation of the price reduction scripts. Let's just jump right in. So, guys, remember, right. price reductions, you go back and listen to the past radio shows if you haven't heard those, um, as far as talking about price reductions, talking about strategy, all that. And you can listen to those past shows at realestatecoachingradio.com, realestatecoachingradio.com. Best thing for you to do, by the way, is just subscribe, and we'll just send the shows to you when they're new. We do a new show uh, usually four days, sometimes five days of the week. Julie? Okay, perfect. So we're going to get into a script here that we have called Test the Price the Seller Will Take. So the premise is this. You all know, or most of you know, if you don't, you will soon when you become a listing agent, that when you take a listing, oftentimes that homeowner will say at the listing appointment or you know, maybe after some showings and some feedback, well, I won't take anything below blah, whatever that price is. But the fact of the matter is, and our grizzled veterans know this, that oftentimes when you take them a real offer, they will take less than you thought and less than they said. It's different when you have a burden in hand, especially after they've been on the market for a while. So 
there's a great price reduction script that is based on that fact that oftentimes they will come down more than you think. They actually have a bottom line that has perhaps changed after they've lived through, say, 20 showings that didn't turn into an offer. Many times sellers lose their stamina for living through the listing process, and they just want to be done with it. So the only way to find out is to ask them. So here's how this script goes. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, as you know, we've been on the market for a while now, and I've had a lot of inquiries about your home, even though sometimes they don't always turn into a showing. I just wanted to ask you, would you consider, and that's an important word, don't say take, would you consider a price of blank? Now, how do you figure out, basically you're running the price up the flagpole here. We used to do this going fairly low versus their actual list price because you actually want to find out are they going to freak out on you or not? We're testing the waters. If they freak out, which is okay if they do. Let's say you went really deep. Let's say your listing is $499 and you ask them would they consider an offer of $465, knowing that it probably should be at $475. They're going to freak out. No way, I'd never take something that crazy or something like that. Okay? And so then what do you do? You ask them, what about 475? See, if you start out too high, you can't keep testing what they would actually take. Okay, but it has to be less than their current list price until you find the price they'd at least consider, underlining the word consider. If you ask them if they'll take it, they'll just shoot you down. Consider means they'd at least counteroffer it. Okay? So if you'd con here's back to the script. So if you'd consider a price of blank, if you consider a price of 475, then why aren't we priced at 499? So then the seller will almost always say, well, do you have an offer for 475 To which you counter with, buyers don't like to really take a shot at the price when they don't think they can have a chance at getting anywhere near that price. The seller will usually say, this is all somewhat predictable, and Tim, feel free to interrupt me because you did a countless, endless number of these types of scripts. Um, well, I don't want to give it away. You, the agent, say, nor do I. Remember... I'd like to sell it for a billion bucks. I only get paid on commission. Actually, you couldn't give your home away if you wanted to. Let me explain. What do you feel the give it away price would be? Let's say we priced your home at 450, something really radical. What would happen to our showings? That homeowner will say, well, showings would probably go crazy. It'd look like a real steal. It'd look like we're giving it away. You say, that's right. And that would likely create multiple offers. When there's more than one offer, does the price typically go up? or go down. The seller will then say, I, up, I guess, I see your point. You've just demonstrated that you couldn't give a house away if you tried. Then you say, our goal for the sale of your home is to get the highest amount of qualified buyers to see it. The more activity we have, the better price we can bring you. Pricing your home is more of a marketing technique than a determination of value. Ultimately, your home is worth what a buyer is willing to pay and what you're willing to accept. You can always accept, reject, or counter any offer. Right now, we have nothing to actually negotiate. I recommend a new price of 475 so we can stimulate the activity necessary to bring a sale. What are your thoughts? So back to you, Tim. I, hopefully that came across. It's hard to bounce back and forth sometimes between well, agent and seller. I know. You have to play agent. Well, so listen. So yeah. let's not go back and review this because they can replay it, but let's mm -hmm. give them a couple other shorter scripts as well, okay? Sure. Okay, so guys, um, I'm going to use, I'm going to share with you guys a, uh, you know what, I'm going to give you this, the, an easy price reduction 
or at least an easy way of positioning the reason that price is important to the seller. Now, I want you to remember psychologically, and we've shared this with you guys before, you never want to talk about if you have an existing listing and you go after lowering the price, don't say words like lowering the price. You need to see lowering the price as something that basically an agent without a lot of skills says. You want to say something a lot more uh, acceptable to their egos, and you want to say something along the lines of, let's reposition the house on the market so that we correctly reflect the buyer's expectations. So how do you explain to the seller, every seller, we, Julie and I, when we have properties for sale, when you guys have anything, everyone, when they have something of their own that's for sale, for some reason it's Price worth more than everything else. Exactly. I mean, Julie, let's be honest, you're the worst at that. I, know. <laughs> I, mean, I know, to know, I know. You are. Julie is a crush. Yes, she's a horrible overpricer. I'll give you of our own friends. That's right. But I'll give you guys a little advanced coaching, and, and Julie knows this is true as well. A seller overpriced is just basically because of, uh, well, I mean, ego. I, I know it's like the 10th time I've said that word on the call today, but it's true. They think the thing's worth more just because it was theirs. And, you know, because of that, they, they think that their, you know, gold wallpaper and their, you know, onyx toilet should all of a sudden make the place worth more when you're walking through thinking this is horrible, you know. So it's just, it is what it is. You can't really, you know, your job is not to Dr. Phil them. Your job is basically to, you know, work, it, work around their psychological obstacles so you can help them accomplish the goal. By the way, by the way, this stuff doesn't really work unless the seller has to sell. I mean, you can have the best scripts and the best sort of Jedi mind tricks, but if you don't have a seller that's truly motivated, going back to the radio show we did three or four days ago about making sure you're using the pre-qualification script, you're not going to get a very favorable response. But here's a simple script to explain the logic behind having your house positioned on the, pri on the market so that basically it reflects the buyer's expectations, okay? So in other words, here's, the, here's a really short script to show the sellers the importance of price. Mr. Seller, I'm going to tell you, and by the way, stories are always powerful. So, Mr. Seller, I'm going to tell you a, a real quick story. So, so, Julie and I, this is me telling a, seller to a, sto a story to a seller. So, Julie and I pull up into the, you know, Heb grocery store the other day, and, you know, Julie's in the truck with Zoe, and so she doesn't necessarily, you know, I have to run and I have to get milk, right? So, they have this, you know, these massive grocery stores, and so the grocery coolers, you know, for the, the, the milk cooler is clear in the back. So just in it, it happens to be a busy day. So she's sitting out there, and she's waiting for me to, you know, run in and get this gallon of milk. And so, you know, it takes like 10 minutes, it seems, just to get to the back of the store. All the, you know, moving chicanes, all the people with their carts, so just all of it. So I finally get back to the cooler. I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to get this gallon of milk, get the heck out of here. So, Mr. Seller, I'm looking through the glass, you know, refrigerator doors, looking into the coolers. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at all the gallons of milk because I don't want to open the door. I just, I just want to kind of glance through it and see what's what. So what I'm doing is I'm comparing different gallons of milk, Mr. Seller. I'm looking, okay, I want a gallon of milk, and I see in front of me at the grocery store there's like literally 20 different brands of milk. They're all a gallon. Okay, so that's pretty, they're all pretty much consistent. They're all, you know, basically have the same expiration date. Some, and then and I, I'm still studying. I'm still trying to decide what gallon of milk I'm going to buy, Mr. Seller. And so they're, they're basically all the same quantity, more or less the same size, more or less the same, you know, basic quality in terms of expiration date. I see one of them's organic and, you know, this is that. Some of them are from Texas and, you know, Texas people love to buy stuff from Texas. So that's all marketing. But so I'm just watching all this. And then when I look at Mr. Seller through the coolers, I'm looking at the I'm looking at prices just like everybody does, right? I mean, they're not all exactly the same. One gallon's organic, another gallon's in a glass container, another gallon's in a plastic container. But more or less, they all basically serve the same purpose. They're a gallon of milk. And so I'm looking now through the cooler, Mr. Seller, 
And, you know, you're standing behind me waiting for me to choose my gallon of milk so you can go choose yours. And what I'm doing is I'm just going to look for the one that's priced the best. That's what I'm going to do. I, and guess what? When it's your turn to choose a gallon of milk, you're going to do the same thing. And, Mr. Seller, you know that's how people choose. When the product is more or less the same, not exactly the same, when, it basic, when one thing is easily uh, interchangeable with another, ultimately the price is what matters. So I'm going to grab that gallon of milk, Mr. Seller, the one that's priced the best because it's similar enough to the others, not the same, but similar enough. I mean, the other one has a really cool glass jar that I'd love to have because Julie, Julie and Zoe could make it into a really cool flower container. But you know what? This other one's two, you know, basically two bucks less, and I'm going you know, to grab that gallon of milk and I'm going to get the heck out. Mr. Seller, that's the same way that people go about making buying decisions on anything, not just a gallon of milk, but everything. When something is similar enough, they're always going to choose the thing that's priced the least. You do that, Mr. Seller. I do that. We all do that. That's how people are choosing which houses to sell. Now, Mr. Seller, I brought with me a list of all the properties that are currently for sale that a prospective buyer might be considering. And then I'm going to pull out a list from the MLS and I'm going to show all the active listings. Okay, and then I'm going to show all the active listings that are in all the neighborhoods, not just his immediate neighborhood, but I might show the three or four other competing neighborhoods. If he's competing against new construction, I'm going to show that as well. New construction really mucks things up, but, I mean, in, a, in essence, a new construction house is easier to sell than a resale house. But in any event, I'm going to show Mr. Seller the list of all the you know, houses he's competing against. I'm going to say, Mr. Seller, based on – and I'm going to also put them in price order, guys. So it's, I'm not just, they're not just going to be random. I'm going to list them all in price order. So, Mr. Seller, based on what we know about people's behavior, knowing that all these houses are, say, four bedrooms, two and a half baths, all these houses are priced in whatever range, say the mid-300s, these are all hypothetical competitors for yours. Now, some of these might have a bigger lot or some of these might have a, you know, inferior, but all these houses, Mr. Seller, as you can see, they're all in the same age group as yours, all the same square footage, all the same, you know, basic uh, amenities. Which house do you think are going to sell? So if he's competing against 50, Mr. 50 houses, what I then do is I'll take out a, a, a Sharpie. As you guys know, if you've been around a long time with us, you know what, Julie and I are big Sharpie fans. So we're going to pull out a big Sharpie, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to break the prices out. I'm going to break the houses out. I'm going to show them. So, Mr. Seller, in the next 30 days, most likely, based on price alone, these are the next 10 houses that are going to sell, and then these, then these, then these. And then whatever bracket – like, so for the first 10, let's say there was 10 houses between, you know, the low end of the price range. You guys are hopefully visualizing all this. It's easier, obviously, to do this in a live presentation. But so, Mr. Seller, here's the three brackets or four brackets or six brackets, depending on how many houses are for sale. So realistically, we know that last month there were, you know, five houses or there were 10 houses that sold that were hypothetical competitors for yours. So we know hypothetically, assuming nothing, you know, really happens good or bad, that there'll be another 10 houses similar to yours that'll sell this month, okay? And we also know, Mr. Seller, looking at this, uh, what the information I have in front of you, that the 10 houses in this first group are the ones that are going to sell next. Now, your house down here, remember, guys, I broke the list up in increments of 10. If there's not that many houses he's competing against, then breaking up in increments that are smaller makes sense. But the key thing is basically to show him how essentially buyers choose houses. So, Mr. Seller, your house actually, based on your price, you know, you, we can see the houses between three and 400000 
that the ones that are generally speaking between say 290 and say 325, those houses sell with the least amount of time. So we can pretty much surmise that those guys fall in the, the first group. And then there's some overlap, say from 220 to say 240. Those guys seem to sell, you know, based on this, those guys are going to take longer to sell. But you're down here in this third or fourth group. So realistically, Mr. Seller, based on buyer's behavior, based on what we're seeing as far as the number of houses sell, statistically, your house is going to take, if we don't do any price adjustments and nothing else, uh, basically, you know, or repositioning and nothing else comes for sale, your house is realistically going to take six or seven months to sell based on the available inventory, based on where we're positioned on the market. Okay, Mr. Seller, does that work with your plan? Six or seven months? Heck no, that's no good. I agree. So let's do this, Mr. Seller. So we're back in that grocery store together. Now, guess what? I got the gallon of milk. I'm standing there. I'm standing in line. I'm trying to check out. And a long line. It's a long line. I just want to get out of there with my gallon of milk, and nobody's letting me cut in line. Oh, so frustrating. You've been in that situation before. You're in that situation now with your house, Mr. Seller. But unlike the grocery store, there is a way that I can cut in line. There's a way that you can cut in line, you can check out right now. And all we have to do, Mr. Seller, is reposition the house in the market so that we're in that first group. We actually are in the group of houses that sells the next. And we know statistically that that's going to be, those are going to be the houses that are positioned the best, that reflect the most value to the buyers. Okay, now when you've done this visually, guys, and, and coaching clients, this is all on the website. You guys can download all this. We've given you know, basically explanations in more detail how to work this. But when you, uh, listeners, when you give this type of information to the seller and you walk them through how this whole thing works, it just flows. Logically, emotionally, you guys are on the same page. I'll go back to what I said. If the sellers don't have to sell, if they're like, ah, that's a great story, but I'm not interested you got somebody who's probably not going to price it, even if basically, you know, <laughs> you had Jesus himself come in and talk to him about repositioning. You get my point? So if they're not motivated, the best scripts in the world aren't going to work, which goes back to making sure your listing have to sell sellers, not want to sell sellers. Does that make sense, Jules? Yeah. I mean, you wrapped a whole lot of great stuff up into one logical script. So this addresses... It's a process, or, right, Well, though? it is a process. I mean, what I just did was a process, yeah. Yes. And it's a story, and that's something that they're going to want to listen to several times to get all of the steps and the turns to what you did. So right. one of the things that, number one, why do stories work? Because when you tell a story about a different situation or a different homeowner or a different buyer, it removes the seller's ego. They're not, ta they're not thinking about themselves and their situation anymore. So stories are critical to learn for your examples. Number two, you are demonstrating why it is using this script, which I would say is a combination for coaching clients just to, to cement it in your head of what we call the milk script and the cut in line script, as well as the, I, you know, why don't I, really what it relates to is, why don't I keep my price where it is and let somebody negotiate? Well, you That's don't right. negotiate in the grocery store. You want to get in and out. I mean, you might really want that glass milk jar, but you're not going to bother to try and get it at a better price. The price is the price. You're, you're in, you're out. That's it. Decision made. So there's a lot going on with this script. And you also used something like uh, absorption rate without calling it that. You were talking about the competition and the fact that right now, if a buyer is looking in a logical price range, if we are in that upper 50% or higher the buyers who are closing tomorrow didn't even see your property. They didn't even get to it because they chose something else that was similar enough for a better price. That's my Julie, summary. we need to talk 
Well, we, that's yeah. good, but we need to all, we need to talk about why we're drilling down in the similar enough. Because guys, you, the thing that yes. that uh, if you if you don't really emphasize that, they're going to always go back to my house is nicer, right? They're always going to do that. You try to get Miss Julie here on the phone, you know, to basically price one of her properties correctly. She's going to say, "Oh, but mine's nicer." I mean, that's what it's, it's just, just exactly right because <laughs> we own it, right? But I mean, so that that's just psychological. That's just so it is what it is. So you need to always go back. And always, and never say the same. Always say similar, very close to. Guys, listen, most houses, let's be honest, are pretty much interchangeable unless you get up into the custom house realm. You know, but a vast majority of you guys, you're dealing with basically things that all come down to cost per square foot. That's the truth. And then you have what? And then what are the three things? Here's, here's another little mini script for you guys. This is a good price reduction script. Or this is a good script just to have in your back pocket. It's simple. Um, Mr. Seller. When you're, when you're basically, when you're considering how to position a house on the market, it comes down to three things. And these are three things, Mr. Seller, that you probably already know. Now, guys, I also want you to listen. When Julie and I talk, we, all, we never say, you know. We, these are three things, Mr. Seller, that you know. You don't want to say that because what happens is instantly their ego is going to shut you down inside. Subconsciously, their minds are going to go, well, I didn't know that. And then now all of a sudden you're not on the same page with that. You're not communicating on the same level with that person. So when you say probably, Mr. Seller, these are three things you probably know, then all of a sudden you have a higher level of communication and they're not asking themselves whether they knew it ahead of time or not. Do you guys get that? That's kind of a high-level communication thing, um, but just test it out. Or just think about it. If I say to you guys, you pro- and I, you hear me saying this on the radio all the time, you probably know this. Isn't that then making it so whatever I say after that easily received versus if I said, you, you know this, and then you're like, I didn't know that. You know, you guys get the difference. It's just slightly different, one slightly better than the other. But it is, again, all these little tiny incremental changes make a huge difference in your results. So, Mr. Seller, you probably know that when you put a property for sale, it comes down to three things, price, condition, and location. Price, condition, location. So I have three quick questions for you, Mr. Seller. The location of the house, I mean, it is what it is, right? We're not going to take the house up and we're not going to, you know, all of a sudden have a point west when it points east. We're not moving it across town. I mean, the house is, the location is what it is, correct? Of course. That's the easy one. All right, so let's talk about condition. Are you planning on remodeling a kitchen or adding a bedroom or adding an extra garage or, you know, are you planning on putting in a pool or filling in a pool? Are you planning on doing anything radical to the condition? No, 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 no. Okay, great. And you know what? You know, you probably don't need to. It's fine. So the only other thing, Mr. Seller, and really the only thing, if the location's not changing, if the condition's not changing, the only thing we can have a positive effect on in the eyes of the market, Mr. Seller, is going to be the positioning in terms of the price. That means that we can affect the results by basically having a position on the market so that when buyers are looking through the MOS, I mean, at the end of the day, Buyers are telling their agents what they want to see, and buyers are choosing by price range. You know, buyers do not basically look at generally things that are more expensive than what they can afford because they don't want to negotiate. They're going to look at things that are priced at or below their price range, nine times out of ten. And so we can't change – we're not going to change the condition. We're not going to change the location. We have to reposition them in the market so that we more correctly reflect the buyer's expectations. I went through that really fast, but you guys get the gist of that. So these are the types of little – you really, as far as pricing goes, for those of you guys who are maybe feeling slightly overwhelmed, and if you're not coaching clients, I sympathize with you because this is a lot of information. But here's the thing. You probably only need 
maybe five or six price, uh, pricing scripts floating around in your brain. I probably have uh, five or six. I probably know like 20, but five or six, those are really the ones that, those are the ones that work best. So you only need really five or six. So don't feel overwhelmed. Like when Julie and I are rattling off all these scripts and you guys are, don't be impressed. We're not trying to impress you. Please don't think we're trying to impress you. We're trying to help you. We're trying to give you the information because ultimately when we give you guys information that puts you in a position that you can help your clients better, then we are directly helping you, hopefully, and we're indirectly helping all the people that come from the fact that you basically were able to position a house to get it sold. So that's where our hearts and our minds and our spirits are at of service, and that's how you have to think about this as well. How can I master becoming the best version of myself, the best agent I can? How can I become the best at my skills so I can help the most people in the most honest and ethical and genuine way at the highest level? When you, when you link all these things together, guys, that's the power. That's where the mindset comes from. It's interesting, isn't it, Julie? Well, it is, and one of the reasons we give you several different versions of several different things whenever we're presenting scripts or strategies to you is because your situations are different, your seller's personalities are different. Sometimes you're going to need everything we gave you today because we gave you several different avenues to take. And in other situations, you get halfway through it and your homeowner says, you know what, I was thinking exactly the same thing. And then they actually suggest a price lower than what you were thinking. And there's a lesson in that as well, too. So we give you many different things to mix and match. Go ahead. Can you hang on on the radio for five? Can we go a little longer today? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna tell them a true. St- I'm gonna tell them a true mm-hmm. story, and you remember this. All right. So as Julie, as you guys know, we sold real estate, a boatload of real estate. Talk about it. I only mention it not to annoy our longtime listeners, but just to let the guys know who they are know. new listeners that yeah. we're authentic. Right. The the old ones are going like, oh my god, Tim and Julie, stop talking about. <laughs> yes, I get it. I don't like talking about it either, but I just have to know tell it so people are able to basically decide whether or not they want to listen to what we're saying, or whether or not they just want to basically, exactly. you know, just Whatever. All right, so true story. As Julie ta- mentioned, you know, both she and I did price reductions when we had a lot of listings because, you know, we had to have lots and lots of listings to hit our goals. Um, so price reduction scripts. True story. I'm on the phone. I'm doing my price reduction calls on Friday. I didn't like doing them any more than you guys did. Okay, so what I learned, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share two things with you guys. Julie, remind me to do the two-step and then remind me to do the mistake call. Okay, so just give yes. me those, trig- those okay. keywords and I'll remember. All right, so you guys are going to have <laughs> – yeah, I remember. Uh, you guys are going to have cranky – yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You guys mm-hmm. are going to have cranky sellers. And those cranky – you know who they are. If you guys have dozens of listings right now, there's some sellers that you are pretty sure have a hit out on you. <laughs> so you feel like, it feels okay. that way. Yeah. Yeah. They're stalking you. They're stalking you digitally. Yeah. You're just like, you know, okay. So there's and there's some that are just very volatile. They're very emotional. They're very uh okay. What we would do for those sellers, we would do the call before the call. And here's how it works. So it's Friday or you know, the previous week or Monday of the previous week. And the goal here is to hit their voicemail. So call Ideally, hit their voicemail and then leave a message very short, very innocent, very non-threatening. You guys get the idea. Hey, Mr. Seller, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. As you know, this is a very important, or rather, I'm sorry, as you probably know, this is a very important week for the house. We've had the house for sale now for a little while. You know, review the showings. We've had, you know, 22 showings, or we've had two showings, wherever the number is. And this week is very important because we have a lot of marketing in place, and there's this is really a great time of year to, to you know, maximize our opportunity for buyers. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, um, I'm going to really 
you know, we're going to double down, triple down this week, and we're going to call everyone that's seen it, call everyone again that's basically shown interest in it. We're going to just do everything we possibly can. And if we don't have an offer, let alone an increase in showings in a week, what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm going to call you back, and we're going to review the activity up to this date, and then we're going to talk about how to reposition the house in the market so that we correctly reflect the buyer's expectations. So here's what I'm asking of you. Please make sure, you know, when the showings come through, hopefully we get some showings this week, when they come through, make sure everything on the house is really, really, really nice uh, so that we can maximize that uh, opportunity. Make sense? So I'll, you know, let's uh, communicate if we need to. Reach out to me if you need to. But in the meantime, expect a call from me in about a week. And then if we don't have a written verifiable offer on the house, then we'll talk about repositioning it on the market. That's it. Thanks. Have a great weekend or thanks for whatever. Now, why did I do that? Because what's going to happen is a lot of these sellers, when you call them up, even when you use our Jedi Mind Trick scripts, and you call them up, and you're telling them to reposition the house in the market, they're going to attack you because their egos are going to be attacked. When their egos are attacked, people go into two places, fight or flight. So the, the nasty reaction is the fight, right? Oh, you're attacking me. You're trying to take something from me. You're trying to take money from me. You're trying to tell me something I don't want to hear. That's fight. By giving them the call before the call, you are basically making it so during that week, they're going to emotionally work through that anxiety so that by the time you call them back in a week, chances are they're going to be more receptive and they're going to be calmer and they're not going to be basically reacting off that, you know, what they feel is that instant threat. Those of you guys who try to do price reduction calls in one step and you're running into these sellers that want to have you killed, try that technique. That'll work. It's so right, much easier. Yes. That's story number one. Story number two. Now, this is a true story. Julie, was, Julie heard me do this. We are in our office. I'm making my price reduction calls. I didn't like doing them any more than you guys did, but I was doing them. I had it in my schedule. Every Friday, my price reduction calls. Some of them were calls before the calls, depending on the seller, like I just told you. Others had already basically were ready for price. So I'm on the phone. I had that particular day, I had eight people I needed to have the price reduced. Um, for those eight people, I had two other files screwed up. So what happened in my mind, I was calling to get a price reduction. This is a true story. On a house that was priced, if I remember correctly, it was priced at like, like I don't know, 575 or something like that. And I tried, and I basically asked them to reposition the house in the market so that it was something like, I don't even remember. I think it was like a hundred thousand dollars less. <laughs> but I did it. I did it accidentally. So what happened is I would write yeah. what my goal was for a price reduction in a little sticky note, and I'd put it on the outside of the seller's file. And that little sticky note would tell me what my goal was for the price. So I'd maybe put the sticky notes on the wrong one. So here I'm having this call with a seller who I wanted to basically give me a, probably a twenty-five dollars or $35,000 price reduction. But I was talking to them as if I was talking to another seller who was in that lower price range who was wanting to go from like maybe four oh nine down to three seventy-five. dollars So I'm talking to this guy, you know, and on the, it was actually a lady. I'm talking to him on the phone. And I'm asking him to do this price reduction that is huge, 25, 30% price reduction. <laughs> Radical. Okay, I'm, all the way, I'm all the way through this, and I'm having this conversation. And then, and, and I, and, and then I, I just, I'm going through I'm just going through my scripts. I'm just doing my job. And she said, she said, okay, that makes sense. Let's just go ahead and lower the price. We just want to get the house sold. <laughs> and then and it, wasn't until, like, it wasn't until the next call where I realized what I'd done that I had that that I realized that I basically asked this lady to lower her price way below market value. And, then, and of course I called her back and said, I, I made a mistake. I meant to say the price should be this. 
And and then even then when I called her back, she said that's that's fine. We can still price it at the lower number. And I wouldn't. I priced it at a higher number, and it sold like in two seconds. And it ended up selling, guys. By the way, for almost exactly market value. But here's what my learning le- here's what the lesson was for me on this. Hopefully you guys followed that. I made a mistake. I asked the seller to drop a price, which you know basically was way out of market, way too low. She agreed. I caught my mistake. I made it right. But here was the lesson I took away from it. That seller was willing to price that house at such a price just because she didn't want the stress anymore of selling it. The money for her wasn't the most important thing. She wanted to get the experience behind her. She wanted to move on. She didn't want to have this deal of this house anymore. That was a lesson for me because what I realized then was the sellers aren't usually the greatest obstacle to pricing the houses correctly. It was me. I was the obstacle. I was the one that was afraid to tell them, uh, or ask them basically number, or ask them about prices that would have made that made me uncomfortable to ask them. For me, in my mind at the time, I thought price was the most important thing. But guess what? It wasn't to them, and I never thought to slow myself down and ask them. And all the other traditional real estate scripts that were out there never taught you that. And so, here's basically what that evolved into. So from that experience, I evolved into this script. You guys are getting a whole bunch of scripts today. All right, so back on the phone, doing my price reduction calls on a seller's house. I have always had the feedback in front of me. I knew all the activity. You know, I certainly wasn't going to get caught by surprise. I had an updated CMA when I was doing these, a quick CMA, nothing elaborate. So I was ready with all the latest information. So what I did, remembering the lesson that that lady had just taught me, is that I basically would call these sellers up, and I would say, Mr. Seller, since our last – since the last time we communicated, and I generally call these sellers about every two weeks for price reductions if they don't have offers. We talked two weeks ago. You know, we'd had you know 14 showings, and now we're up to like 28 showings. And in that time, we've gotten a lot of feedback, a lot of comments from the market. We've basically, you know, we basically learned a lot about how the market is receiving your house. And I've had some people ask me questions about your property, ask me about you know different things. One of them being price. So. I have a question for you based on all the questions I've been receiving. But, Mr. Seller, I want to ask you this question, but I want you to promise me that you're not going to get angry. This is just a question. This, I don't have any offers in writing, but this is just a question. So are we all on the same page? Yes. Okay. You're, we're currently for sale for three ninety nine. That's That's how we're positioned on the market. If I were to get one of these showings, one of these people that have been bringing you offers, if I were to get them to bring you an offer today, all cash, Close around your schedule, no inspection issues, no appraisal issues, no, what's, no issues whatsoever. In other words, this is the buyer we've been hoping for. Don't say you've been hoping for, listeners. Make sure you say we've been hoping for. Always make it so you're on the same side of the table as them. If I were to bring you that offer, Mr. Seller, and it, it, it made perfect sense. The, buy, the buyer we've been hoping for, everything about all the stars align. But the offer was for $300,000. Remember, he's asking three ninety nine. What would you tell me? Okay, now here's what you're going to be surprised by, listeners coaching clients, half the time they're not going to react negatively and you're going to be like, you've got to be kidding me. That's what's going to happen half the time. They're they're going to say, well, maybe it's a good starting point. You're going to go like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I always tell coaching clients, don't pee your pants when it actually happens. It's for real and it won't be the only time it happens. So be prepared. It's awesome. So so Mr. Seller, now, but here's the other scenario. Are you kidding me? Three hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, blah 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 blah. Worst thing ever. Horrible, horrible. Mean, mean, mean. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Mr. Seller, listen. I totally agree with you. 
I totally and completely agree with you. 300000 is way too low. You might as well, just like you just said, burn the house down. It's absolutely <laughs> way too low. I completely agree. You should just basically let the homeless people move in and just basically make it whatever. Whatever he just said, you paired it back to him. By the way, it's always a he in situations like this. Women very yeah. rarely act like that. All right. So, Mr. Seller, I totally agree. I totally agree 300 is too much but, or too little. But let me ask you a real quick question. If I were to get one of those buyers up to, say, 349 or 339 whatever, you know, it, that's, not, that, that's a good starting point. Wouldn't you agree? That's a good place for us to start. That's something you'd at least consider, wouldn't you? Well, I probably would. Again. Yes, there's that consider word again. Well, yes, but it's still too low. 339 I would never sell it for too low. I, I would never consider that. Or, yes, you know, they'll say some version of that. It won't be just a flat-out no. It might be, but it probably won't be. If it is a flat-out no, then just ratchet it up like another ten grand. test the waters again. Well, at 339 that's a good starting point, but I would never take 339 That's way too low. Mr. Seller, again, I agree. 339 is is, you know, it's not market correct. The house is definitely worth more. But let's do this. Uh-huh. You guys following me? There was my pivot. Let's do this. Let's reposition the house in the market at 339, Mr. Seller, so we can have not just one offer, but ideally multiple offers, and then that 339 will become 349. That might become even a higher number. It might even be over what we're asking now. The problem we have now, Mr. Seller, is we have been the bridesmaid, you know, at this wonderful dance. And, you know, I'm sorry, we have been the wallflower at this wonderful dance now for, you know, 60 days. No one's asked us to dance. This is getting depressing. And what we have to do is we have to get on that dance floor. And we cannot get on that dance floor until we position ourselves correctly so that basically we'll have an opportunity to. That means that we have to reposition on the market for 339 um, and then we'll get one offer or two offers. Listen, if I got a 339, I'm not taking it. It's too low. Or won't that affect the market value or whatever, whatever? Mr. Sauer, listen, remember, you are always in control. When we get an offer in, uh, if it's not, if the numbers don't make sense to you, you just say no, and nobody knows that we received that offer, so it's not going to taint the house. So the reality of it is, is Mr. Seller, now and forever, you will always be the one that says yes or no. You will always be the one making decisions. You will always be the person in control. So don't worry about that. You got, you got this. So let's reposition on the market today for 339, and let's get those multiple offers so we can get this price where we need to, so we can get positioned on the market, so we can get the house sold, and you guys can move on to, you know, wherever you're going next. Guys, you get that? Again. In the coaching program, all these scripts are more detailed, go you through, you know, walk you through slower. Uh, that's the gist of it. Have you guys feel a little bit? Are you feeling a little bit more motivated? Are you writing some things down? I know some of you guys are. Are you thinking about which sellers you're going to call and razzle and dazzle them with your Jedi mind tricks? I bet you are, guys. You see how now you found motivation because you have some skill. How the hell did that happen? Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. So all of a sudden you have skill, and now you're motivated. Will you be good at these the first few times you do them, these scripts, these techniques? We call them systems. No, you'll suck at them. Will you be good at them the second time? No, you'll suck at them. Third or fourth, then you'll start getting it. Then you'll start Yeah, start but you gave them. them the way out of that problem too, which is do the call before the call. Basically yep. pre-warn them that this is what we're thinking about, this is what we're monitoring and we may need to revisit price, but don't go for the price reduction on that call. So we've even helped you nope. how to, you know, it's like get out of jail free card. You're not going to get yourself into that trouble if you first practice your price reduction scripts 
in real case scenarios, but do it as a two-step until you get really great at it, and then you'll have the confidence to do it in the first shot. And even then, it might be more appropriate for some of your homeowners to do a two-step just so that they can manage their own reactions, and that's better for you too. Back to you, Tim. We need to wrap. Well, yeah, no, we do need to wrap, I know. But guys, listen, here's the bottom line. When you have the skill set, your mindset will follow. We're, some of you are already, you know, you're 100% in it. Some of you are entering into it. We are absolutely positively going to go into a housing slowdown. Don't doubt it. If you do, just go back and listen to past radio shows where we've talked about how you can basically go in and do a little study in your market. Just go to Real Estate Coaching Radio, listen to past shows. There was a show, I think we did a series of shows about 60 days ago, three shows that talked all about this. Go back and listen to those. Master this information, guys. Have courage. And anything, anytime that we can ever do for you, please feel free to email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. And for gosh, guys, why the heck aren't you engaged in the, in the coaching program yet? I mean, come on now. It's 99 bucks a month when you use the student approval program. Uh, I mean, seriously, <laughs> if you're on your mobile device, just scroll to the bottom, fill out the form, and we'll call you back. And you get those six free books in digital format just by filling out the form. And yeah, 99% of you, this is going to be the perfect coaching program, been exactly what you've been looking for. Break your dependency on buying leads. Become the person that you had, basically you promised yourself you would be, not just when you were a kid, but when you got your real estate license. Remember that feeling when you got your real estate license? Isn't it finally time to get back to that feeling and actually do something about it? Ever anything we can do for you, email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.